Hey guys, let's talk about some basketball, hoop ball, some, uh, you know, round ball thing. And there's a couple things I want to talk, like I said in the last podcast, I'm not, I don't want to do a podcast after every single day of basketball, just one game sample sizes. I wanted to do every two games, you know, every two games I thought was the best way to really spread it out and, you know, be productive. You know, have a sense of what's going on and not do, like, wild overreactions. So, the first one I want to talk about is the one that's done. The one that's already over. So, I want to talk about the Bucks beating the fucking dog shit out of the Miami Heat. The Bubble Boys. Uh, the Bubble Boys is funny, but I don't actually believe in it. I do think, like, the Miami Heat. Like, it's two different teams. Like, the Miami Heat are different. And the Milwaukee Bucks are a different team. So, like, it doesn't really make that much sense to me to, like, talk talk about, oh, maybe the Heat were a fluke last year. No, because, like, Duncan Robinson last year was better. Tyler Hero was better last year. You know, Goran was better last year. You know, um, so, like, those guys, they were better last year. They had Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder always has a series where, always has a stretch, really, where he just goes ridiculously hot from three and he did that against the Bucks. They don't have anyone and Jay Crowder's still like pretty young. He's like 29, 30. Or I think he was 29, 30 last year. I can't I can't fully remember right now. But they replaced him with uh what's his name? Trevor Ariza, who's like 36. So like and Trevor doesn't really have those hot streaks anymore. So like where like he'll just make forty three percent of his threes for a series or something like that, and Jay, the one the other thing with Jay is like he's a volume three point shooter. Like it's fr- it's frustrating at times watching him because he'll take wild ass threes, but like when he's on fire, he will make wild ass threes, and like he takes like eight, nine, ten a game. Like Trevor doesn't really do that, so that was another thing. So like even if Trevor did get hot, he would get hot, but it would be like three for six. You know what I mean? Jay would get hot. It would be like 7 for 11, 7 for 12, something like that. Um, and so it's just not the same team. And the Bucks, you know, they added Drew. And, you know, I've said this before. I think if Drew Holiday was on the Bucks instead of Bledsoe the last two seasons, the Bucks would be in the finals. Eric Bledsoe was so... He was disgusting in the playoffs. Like, absolutely disgusting. Uh, I think there was a... I think it was against the. I think it was against Miami, or maybe against the Rap. I can't remember exactly right now. Who was I? I know I was talking to someone about it. Where he, I think he averaged twelve points, four rebounds, four assists, and shot maybe thirty-three percent from the field and like twelve percent from three. It was one of the. He was bad in the Bucks and the Raptors series, but like he. One series he was, like, particularly, like, really, really bad at. And Drew's just been a monster on both ends, you know. Drew's just a monster. He's a monster out there. And he's so physical and strong that, and at, like, he's got the reputation of, like, I'm the best, you know, guard defender in the league. So the ref, they let him get away with a bunch of stuff. Like, he can, he can push and, uh, you know, put elbows on hips and stuff. And he can do those type of things, and it won't get called as often. 
they might still get called every now and then and also he's just like the nicest guy so like people don't really want to they don't want to go at him not like players don't want to go at him i mean like the referees i'm sure they're like you know Drew's, Drew's never even like sworn at us once. Like we're really gonna ruin our relationship with this guy. We're just gonna have another guy, you know, going at us now. We don't want that. So you know, Drew's been Drew's has been like a monster. He's been amazing for them, and he's shot the ball so well this year, which is kind of shocking. I didn't think he would shoot it this well. Um, and I hope he can. I hope he continues to shoot it that well because it's fun to watch them. Actually, like it's not. It's actually like fun to watch them. Um, and they also had, like, so last year, they, some of the rotation pieces were, like, Kyle Korver, Marvin Williams, once again, Eric Bledsoe. So Kyle Korver is retired. Marvin Williams retired. Eric Bledsoe, like I said, stinks in the playoffs. So instead now they have uh, Drew, who does not stink in the playoffs. They have P.J. Tucker who can still make corner threes and defend, you know, one, two, three, four, and some fives if, you know, they don't have any. And, like, I guess fours as well, it matters on, like, if they don't have much offensive skill or they're, like, more perimeter-oriented, he can guard them. Um, who else did they add? They added one more person. I'm forgetting. Shit, I know it was one more. Per- okay, I guess Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is that one. Uh you know, Brent Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler for the series. Like, like Forbes is definitely going to have some problems in that uh, Brooklyn series just staying on the court because, like, they're going to pick on him a lot. But if he can survive out there, he can give them, like, a good 12 to 15 to 20 minutes. And he, he, he's just got more energy out there. He's just got, his, his legs are much fresher. He's much younger. And he's... I don't think he's as good of a shooter as Kyle Korver because I truly think Kyle Korver is just a special shooter. Like, the Kyle Korver shot where he comes from the corner, runs up to the fucking, like, top of the key, turns in midair to shoot the ball. Like, that's one of the hardest shots in all of basketball, like, ever. And there's not many players in NBA history that could do that consistently and he did that consistently like that was a shot that he was like yeah I'm gonna take that shot and you know like uh, JJ does it sometimes but not as often well JJ doesn't even play anymore so like he obviously doesn't do it Um, Ray Allen used to do it occasionally but I never see I never see like Steph or Clay doing shots like that and obviously like I do like Steph's the greatest three-point shooter of all time so like, he, like, I'm not saying Kyle Korver is a better shooter than him. But, like, that specific shot, that's insane. That's absurd, the shot that he makes. He used to make anyways. And uh, so, like, yeah, they got Bryn Forbes. He's just got more legs and more energy in him. He's probably a little better of a ball handler. Um, so, like, yeah, it's not the same team. So, I don't want to, like, it's fun to make fun of the Miami Bubble Boys. And it's a good meme team. There's... It's easy to make fun of them right now. And, uh, yeah, it's just... But I don't think last year was a fluke at all. I think, like, I watched that team and I went, okay, there's something there. Like, that's that's an actual, like, legit good team. And I was talking about it earlier about the Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero stuff and Goron. They were shooting the fuck out of the ball 
in the regular season last year when the fans were there. You know what I mean? Like, the fans didn't stop until May and the bubble. So, like, their regular season stats from last year, they were still there with the fans. And Duncan was shooting, like, 45% from three. Tyler was at, like, 39. Goran was at, like, 39. So, like, and I think they led the league in, like, true shooting and were, like, second to the Utah Jazz. So, you know, they, they did their thing with the fans still there. It's just, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe, like, they caught teams by surprise. That's one thing for sure. And, um, you know, you, you could see with the Bucks this year, they made some adjustments. You know, they said, Bam, you, you've got this jump shot. And we're going to force you to take it. And Bam, just for some reason, isn't comfortable enough in his jumper, even though he took so many. Which was kind of strange. Like, you took so many. You prepared for this. Like, wh- what was the reason that you developed that little mid-range 14-foot jump shot? What was even the point of it if you're not going to use it when teams are giving it to you? So, like, to me, all that tells me is that he's not comfortable enough taking it. And Bam plays the five, but he's kind of small. He's like six nine, six ten, and like he's like he's obviously very strong, but he's not like huge like the centers. Like Brook Lopez is huge compared to him, so like he's not gonna bully, you know, Brook Lopez in the post or anything like that. He wasn't gonna bully, you know, Joel Embiid in the post. He wasn't gonna bully these like big centers. Like he he's probably in a traditional sense, he's probably a power forward playing center. Like, if, if he came into the league in the 2000s, he's a, he's, he's a power forward. He's a power forward in the league. Um, so, like, you know, Bam has a lot to work on. I think his jump shot, he has to get more comfortable in it. He might just have to improve all the way up to the three-point line, which I don't, I don't doubt that he can do. Like, I think he's really improved as a shooter because, you know, I've talked about this before. When, when I see someone improve as a free-throw shooter as well as, like, you know, mid-range and three, that's when I know it's pretty real. And, you know, Bam got up to, like, 80% at the line, so I do think it's real. The other thing was, um, you know, last year, Bud and them told us, like, Giannis can't play more than 35 minutes or he's going to self-combust out on the floor. You know, he can't be out there, you know, playing all these minutes, and then you guys guys want us – to put our MVP and defensive player of the year on the other team's best player? Are you guys high? Why would you guys even suggest that? And this year, Giannis was on Butler the whole time. Pretty much the whole time. Like, obviously, they switched a lot. But a lot of it, he, it was Giannis taking Jimmy on and fighting over screens, coming back in the play and stuff like that. And the, the one thing with Giannis is, I don't think he's, like, He's, not, he's definitely not a bad perimeter defender. I'm not saying that. But I don't think he's a great one. I think he's a fine one. I think his like, side-to-side movement isn't very crisp. But the thing with him is, like, even if he gets beat... Like, I, like game one, we saw it. Like, he got beat pretty easily. Because it takes, it takes him so long to move, like, side-to-side. So, you know, we saw Jimmy just get, like, that easy layup at the end of game one to, like, tie it up. And... I do think that that's something that is interesting with Giannis. I don't think he's I don't think he's a particularly great perimeter defender. I think he's probably just pretty good and intimidating because if you do get by him, he can't come back. Like he can't recover so quickly. 
Um, what else in the series that was interesting? Oh, the the substitutions. They always had two. Like the Bucks always had two of their guys in. Every time it, it, it looked like. So I think the rotation went. Drew would come out first, and then it would be like Giannis comes out. So it's it, um, so when Drew would come out, it would be Giannis and Middleton on the floor. Then Giannis would come out, and Drew would come back in. So it was Drew and Middleton on the floor. Then Middleton would go out. Giannis on the floor. Now it's Drew and Giannis. So they always had two of their guys in. And in the regular season last year, Giannis and Middleton, I think, combined each played seven games where they played 36 or more minutes. This year in the regular season, they did it like 20 times. So like Bud's, Bud, Bud's realized, okay, I can play these guys a lot of minutes. And I think, I think we're gonna see it definitely in that Buck series. Not the, not the Buck series. The Bucks and that series where, if it happens, you know, the Nets seven beat the Celtics. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think we're gonna see a lot of Middleton forty two minutes, Giannis forty two, Drew forty four. You know, stuff like that. I think we're gonna see a lot of big minutes. And um, you know, the Bucks just look. Dominant. I, okay, one last thing. They're switching. It, it's it's absurd. It got so good. Like I, I think it was game one or game two. So it was Drew on Jimmy. Jimmy's coming off screen to get free, but it's fucking like Middleton. It goes from Drew to Middleton to Giannis to PJ Tucker, and PJ clearly has stuff left in the tank. So like, you know that that's gonna help for sure. I think he's gonna close. I think I think they're gonna close with the the Giannis at center lineup a lot, um, and I think okay. So Dante got injured. Like Dante's a good player. He shot the ball pretty well this year. For the series, he wasn't very good. Um, I th- I do think he's pretty small, and I don't I don't know if I would have really trusted him on Kyrie or James. So like, yeah, it's obviously a bad loss. You're losing a rotation piece, but. I just don't know how good he really is. I, I think he's fine. I think he's a good rotation piece. But he's he's also one of those rotation pieces where if you lose him, I don't think it's that huge of a deal. I really don't. I'm sure he would have helped. I'm sure there would have been a Dante game where he went, you know, five for nine from three and stuff like that. But I don't know. I really don't. I don't know how much, I don't know how big of a loss that's going to be. Uh, I just hope it doesn't lead to any Jeff Teague miss. I'm, I never want to watch Jeff Teague play basketball ever again. I really don't. I'm, I'm tired of Jeff Teague. Every time he he got in the game in uh, one of those Miami series, and I was just fucking pissed. I was annoyed. Like, as soon as he got in, I was like, I think I'm going to turn this off. It was it was wildly annoying. Um, but, yeah, I think Dante, like, the thing with him is this. I think he's a ball mover. And it probably a pretty decent, like, catch-and-shoot guy. So they are losing that, but they have Forbes. They have Connington. Uh, so I think they'll be... I think they'll probably be fine. I think they'll probably be fine. Um, on, the other, on, the, on the other side, the Heat. Oof. They, well, they have a lot of decisions to make. So they have cap space to get someone. And I think the guy... Probably be, probably will be, Kyle Lowry. I think that's that's probably my guess. And with the way Goran played, 
I think it. I didn't, I didn't think Goran was that bad, but he clearly went down a level from last year. Uh, he wasn't able to reach the heights he did last year. And they played dirty a lot. Like, some of the shit Goran was doing, like, pulling Chris Middleton by, like, the shoulder down, that was kind of disgusting. That was gross. Because that, those are, like, real dirty plays, and they could, like, actually injure someone. I don't mind hard fouls and stuff, but that just felt like some sore loser shit. And I didn't respect that at all. Uh, I guess that's what heat culture is. Being dirty when you're down big. I guess that's what it is. Um, other things, like Tyler Hero, his like, non-progression this year, but like he's young. And, you know, I seem to remember with, like, Jason Tatum, like, the second year was a struggle. It really was. You know, for even, um, not Jalen, I guess, because Jalen was pretty good in his second year. But his second year as a starter, that was a struggle for Jalen. Um, and, like I said, Tyler here is very young. I do think he's a good jump shooter. He just had a bad shooting year. And something with his confidence is definitely off. So, I'm not going to evaluate him really until next year. And I like people talk about oh they could have had James Harden no they couldn't they never had the picks for James Harden they were never gonna get James Harden so I don't I like I don't want to blame like Pat for that and like trading Hero and something else and something else and a pick for Kyle Lowry I don't think I think if you have Kyle Lowry this series you probably lose in like five or six rather than four. And that's not worth it. So, I don't... I guess you could argue they would have finished higher in the seeding. So, they wouldn't even have to face them. But, like, they were going to get demolished by one of the top three seeds anyway. So, I don't think... I think that was probably a right move. Not trading anything for Lowry and just keeping your assets. Um, okay, let's talk about Jimmy Butler now. Because I was one of those people that last year it was like, how, okay, so how am I supposed to feel about Jimmy now? I, I'm talking about last year after the finals. I was one of those things where it's like, well, is he a superstar now? Because he didn't carry the Miami Heat to the finals. You know, he, he played like regular Jimmy, but it's just, you know, Goran was giving you 20. You know, Bam was giving you 20. Tyler Hero was giving you 15 a night. Duncan Robinson was giving you 12 to 15 a night. You know, so you had a lot of... It was a team effort, of course. And Jay Crowder had a hot series here and there. Uh, and, you know, Iggy looked pretty good. So, they had a lot going for them. And so he didn't carry them to the finals, like many people, I guess, thought. But in the finals, he did carry them to two finals wins against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Against the Lakers, that was just dominate. That beat everyone in five. He took them to six. With an injured band, with an injured Goron, he said, no, 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 you guys are going to get on my back. I'm putting up a 40-point triple-double. Then I'm putting up a 30-point triple-double. And we're going to win two games. And they did. So I was one of those people that was like, okay, how am I supposed to judge this guy now? And I think I said, I think he's a superstar now. I think if he shows that he's capable of putting up these huge, 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 huge games when they need them, 
he has to be a superstar. You know, because I've never seen Jimmy Butler play like that in the playoffs before. So if he does that now, then he's a superstar. And I didn't feel bad about that at all. Like, I, I was pretty... I, not bad. I don't know why I would be... I don't know why I would feel bad about it. But I didn't feel wrong about it. Like, I didn't have him, like, top five or anything like that. I was probably, like, his top ten. Probably, like, tenth or eleventh, something like that. But I thought he was a true superstar by that point. And he's not. He's, he's just not. I don't know what... I don't know what it is. I guess maybe Giannis's length hurt him, perhaps. Um, maybe maybe the Bucks' defense of like we're not even gonna. Um, I'm trying to think actually. Like what what really hurt Jimmy this year? I think it's probably a combination of spacing and. Giannis on him because like I said Giannis, I don't think Giannis is a great perimeter defender but I don't think Jimmy like Jimmy's not a good three point shooter so it's like Giannis already has like 10 feet of space that he doesn't have to worry about now he's only moving in like a he's moving in like a smaller space he has to cover less space um so yeah like Jimmy Butler very good player but definitely not a superstar because he, it's not like he didn't even play. It's not like, okay, he wasn't able to get to that 35-point triple-double. He wasn't even able to play good. He was not good this series. Like, like I don't think he had a single good game this series at all. Like, I really don't think. I don't think there was a single game where you can look at Jimmy Butler and go, okay, that was a good game. I really don't. So, it's not that. This is his, um, you know, 20, what was it, 2017 Damian Lillard against Drew Holiday series. And it wasn't very good. I was uh, I was disappointed. I was shocked. And um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say other than that. I don't know what the Heat are going to do. Like, they definitely have some moves they can make. Uh, they, like I said, they got the cast space. They, have, they do have assets like Precious and Hero. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Duncan Robinson if they're going to sign him to a big contract. Um, and um, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with Goron or Iguodala. Iguodala's probably gone. I think he signed. Unless he's there for another year. I don't remember. I don't remember what the Iggy deal was. I, I, I know it was two years, but I don't know if the second year is done now. Anyways... Um, so, like, I think their roster is probably going to look different next year. And I think if they come back with the same roster and Hero's not improved and Bam's not improved, they have no chance of doing anything. And I would be... It would be shocking if that's what they did, if they came back with the same roster next year. Unless they're... Unless, obviously, they're banking on, you know, like I said, Bam and hero improving because if they do improve then things definitely change for the heat and um, I don't really want to talk about Spo. I don't think there was much he could do in this series I just think they were very outmatched 
And, um, you know, it was a lot of things that coaching wouldn't have solved. Like Bam not being confident in his jumper, that's not something he can solve. Jimmy not being a good three-point shooter, that's not something he can solve. You know, Tyler Hero being 20 years old and, like, losing some confidence, that's not really something Spoke can solve. You know, Iggy and Goran being old as fuck, nothing he can do about that. So, yeah, um, I'm exci- I'm actually excited to see what the Heat do. I will say that. I am excited to just see... Because they're not going to stand pat. Like, they have two guys that are, you know, top... Like, Jimmy's probably a top 15 player. Bam's a top 25, 30 player. So, that's something that they have as a building block. And they can probably, you know, add one more piece. And they're, they're talent-wise, they, they would have a contender. Like, if they could add... I don't, I don't really know what the player like it dep- like I don't think they're gonna get Kawhi now but if they could add even like a Zach Levine a Bradley Beal type I think they're right in the mix again so you know excited to see what they do uh, let's get to the next series now let's talk about Hawks Knicks and let's just start off with the most important thing which is Trey Young's a beast. Trey Young is towing with the Knicks. And so, okay, actually, I wanted to talk about this one. This should already be a sweep. That game two, Nate McMillan just fell asleep for like 10 minutes and forgot to put Trey Young back in the game. And, you know, the lead went from like two points to 10 points, and that's when Trey went back in. That was insane. You know, that's not something that can happen, and it did, and that was terrible. Uh, the other thing, okay, so Trey Young, the series is averaging 28 points, 10 assists. 28 points, 10 assists. He has 40 assists, 11 turnovers. That's insane. That's really good. The Knicks are doing a good job of containing the Trey and Capella thing. Capella's only averaging like 8 points, 9 points, something like that. So, you know, they're doing a really good job of containing that. Uh, just looking at the minutes, Trey's not playing a lot. Only 35, Bogdan's at 36. Capella's at 33. John Collins only at 27. Uh, the John Collins thing is interesting because, like I said, like he's a traditional four, and when you put a center around him, he becomes kind of invisible. Like he starts, he starts stretching out to the three a lot, and uh, you know that's what's happened this series. He's barely getting any shot attempts. Firstly, and almost half of them are three pointers, and you know you're not going to be running a lot of pick and rolls with him and Trey because. Um, What's it called? Capella's right there, so you can't really do that. And he's not a rim protector. And he's not... I don't think he's a particularly good rebounder, so... I guess you could play him as a backup center. I don't know why he can't play against, you know, Nerlens or Taj. Like, it's not like... Yeah, I don't know why he can't play backup center. I guess maybe you're too worried about the, the rim or, like, on switches, I guess... Maybe that's what it is. But, you know, he's become kind of invisible. Um, DeAndre Hunter, he's been playing really well. He's playing 30 minutes a game. He needs to do more on the rebounding. Uh, you can't be out there 30 minutes getting four rebounds. But he's been really good on defense. And I think he's missed a couple open threes. So I'm worried about that. Just Because he started off the year so hot from three. And I thought 
this is going to be a guy that's, you know, locked down 3 and D who can handle a little bit. Um, but his three-point shooting cooled down for the season, and he's not shooting yet that well now. So not really sure about that. Kevin Hurd, Kevin Herter, I've been, I've been shocked by his defense. I think he's been moving his feet really well, and I've been really impressed by that. He's making the three, of course. And just staying on the Hawks, I feel like they have this reputation of, you know, offense, offensive team, not good on defense. And I think if you look at their season ranks, that's, that probably bears out. But I think you have to throw those season stats out and look at it with Lloyd Pierce and look at it with Nate McMillan. If I'm not mistaken, with Nate McMillan, they had a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And that's why you're able to go 27 and 11 because you have both, not just because you're a top 10 defense and like your 23rd, uh, not your top 10 uh, offense and like 23rd on defense. No, that you're not going to go 27 and 11 like that. Um, so yeah, like they've, they, I feel, I feel like they still have this reputation of being a bad defensive team, but a great offensive one. That's just not true, because I really think the Hawks could be better on offense. Like, I don't think they've played, like, the game four, I think they played a great offensive and defensive game. But game one, two, and three, I didn't think, I didn't think they played that well on offense. And I think they still have room to grow. And, you know, they're not getting a lot of assists. Uh, they're not getting, like I said, they're not getting much from Collins right now. So that's, that's something they're definitely going to have to fix for the next round if they make it, you know, Barring like a 3-1 comeback. And um, what else did I want to talk about? Okay, let's talk about the Knicks. It's going to be tough to win a series when 33-year-old Derrick Rose is your best player. It just I'm sorry, it's just going to be tough. And that's not a shot at Derrick Rose. I think he's been great this series. I think he's averaging like 23 points, 5 assists. Like a near 60% true shooting. Uh, he's playing excellent. Like, it's not a shot at him. It's more of a shot at you're not winning a series if that dude is your best player. You're just not. Julius Randle, I'm shocked. I can't believe how poorly he's played. This is, like, this is worse than Bubble Siakam. Bubble, this is like Bubble Siakam... But like the flea market version of even that, like Bubble Siakam's the pre the flea market version of just regular Siakam, and Julius Randle has been the flea market version of Bubble's Pascal Siakam. He has been horrendous. I think he's shooting twenty seven percent from the field. He's not making his threes. He's still making his free throws, which leads me to believe that the, the three point shooting was probably real, but. You know, he's a left-hander who can only go left. So, like, all they're doing is forcing him right. And on the right side, they're shadowing him with the big. So, it's like, he's not going to go that way, of course. And, um, yeah, it's just... He can't do anything. This is something he's going to have to figure out. This is something he and Tibbs are going to have to figure out. Like, okay, where can I attack from? What, what, what positions on the floor can I get to where... You know, I can exploit the 
the defenses. And I think what they have to do is involve him in more straight, low post-ups. Low post post-ups. Because it's going to be hard to... It's going to be hard to shadow him at that point. Because he's so... He's already... So, he, he's in the paint, so it's going to be hard for another player to like come shadow him. And uh, if they do, it's like a pretty easy layup. Um, and if they're going to come double-team him from the perimeter, that's a pretty easy you know pass to the perimeter. Right now, he's doing a lot of mid-post-ups. He's mid from the post. <laughs> but he's like he's posting up in the middle. And it's too easy to it's too easy to shadow him and for perimeter players to come double him. And he's not like a LeBron or a Luca or a James Hart. Like James doesn't really do it, but like he could. But he doesn't, so he's not a LeBron or Luca where you double him and he can throw a beautiful skip pass to like the court the other side corner. He's not going to be making decisions like that. So I think he has to get down in the low post and bully ball. And uh, I think that's that's one way he can be effective. The other one is other players playing better. So, you know, it's hard helping off of that. Um, you know, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, Alec Burks, you know, quickly. Actually, I'm not sure about quickly. I, know, I do know about the other ones. They're shooting pretty horribly from three so you know if they were making their threes it would open up the floor much more for him um and i guess the last one is play him at center you know space it out even more like right now he plays a lot with taj and nerlands and like that means if he posts up you know those two players they're not perimeter players so the player guarding them he's not going out to the three-point line to guard them and you know it's typically capella ghost not ghosting <laughs> he's not he's not ghosting him he's uh shadowing him and uh you know that's that's what's been making it tough but if you put randall at center i think that way you can spread the floor out more but i guess the problem with that would be they don't really have many they don't have a lot of they don't have like a DeAndre Hunter that that can play three four four three, you know. RJ is more so like a three two two three really. Same with Bullock, quickly. You know, I guess Kevin Knox, but they're not gonna play Kevin Knox in the series. Although I don't know why, just let him get some run. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, I guess Toppin. You can play him and Toppin more. Uh, Toppin hasn't proved to be like a really good three point shooter in the league yet, but his college resume shows that he is and you know he might just be like a grant williams right now where you know he started off horrible but like he he is capable of making them because i remember with grant williams i think he missed like his first 21 threes and since then he's been like 38 40 percent from threes like it might just be one of those things with topping um so, yeah, I would try some of those things. Like, you can't really try the have other players play better. That's just something they're going to have to do. But I would try the low post more and play him center some more. And uh, let's go to a different series now. I'm tired of talking about... Oh, I, by the way, I do think this probably goes to six. I, I just... 
I have a hard time believing that Randall's just going to be this awful the entire time. I just have a hard time believing that. So I think he's going to have one big game in the Garden. They're going to win, and then they're going to lose in Atlanta in six. Hmm. All right, let's go to the next series, Nets-Celtics. And there's a couple of things from this series. Obviously, Kyrie stepping on, Lucky, the leprechaun. It was just, I, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't have a, I'm not like deeply upset about this or anything like that. But it is weird that Kyrie went and did that. Like, he took the, he took the time out to go and do that. That's just strange to me. I don't know. I guess some people thought it was cool. I didn't think it was cool. There's nothing really cool about it. Like, it just, it, it, to me, it more so shows that he's irritable easily and that he's kind of sensitive. So, there's nothing cool about it. And I don't think there's any, like, thing that you gotta, like, you know, like, get it super upset about and be like, fuck Kyrie now. Um, I will say this is another thing that the Celtics are soft about. Like, they're soft. Like, that. The thing with, like, that's still your house. That's your house. And he just went in there and, like, he's stomping on the couch. You know what I mean? That's what he's doing. He's in there barefoot. He's He's making a mess. He's eating chips. He's throwing them out on your floor. He's crumpling the chips up. You know, he's going into your bedroom. And he's making a mess. And no one went to him and said, no, you're not going to make a mess in our home. You're not going to do that. And that's one thing about the Celtics that I do think is pretty soft. You know, Mark, uh, what's his name? Not Martin. Marcus and KD had like a little moment where I guess on the box out, KD fell. It was a dirty play, which it really wasn't. And, you know, they were talking back and forth. Marcus like, no, I don't really want to talk to you. Like KD just kept talking. He kept talking, and Marcus, and I thought Marcus wouldn't be like this. I thought Marcus would be the talker, but he just didn't talk at all. Uh, he was just like, nah, whatever, bro, it's fine. Don't worry, don't worry. And Katie just kept going at him. Um, you know, that's another situation where it's like, yeah, go at him. Maybe you get him a tech. Maybe it, excel- um, maybe it goes even beyond that, and he gets a double tech. He gets two techs. And now you don't have to worry about Kevin Durant for the rest of the game. But, no, they got none of that. And I don't mind, like, I obviously don't have a problem with it. Like, I don't have a problem with players that are just like, you know what, we're going to leave. We're going to do what we do on the court, and we're just going to leave it at that. And I don't have a problem with that at all. It's just I would like to see some more fight. And I think when Tatum and Jalen and, you know, these players, they get to, like, 27, 28, 29, 30, I think you are going to see more of that then right now I think they just see Kyrie and James and Katie and they're like yo we grew up watching these guys I think I think you're seeing a lot of that right now uh what's it called Tatum he he had he's at 90 points in the last two games he had probably his most impressive game in his career so far that 50 point game three performance where he was the best player on the court not by much like Katie and Harden were right there with him but he had the best, he was the best player on that court. He made tough shot after tough shot. Uh, he looked like a true superstar, of course. Um, 
I'm just glad they didn't get swept. You know what I mean? I'm just glad they didn't get swept. Um, game four, that was elite shot making from the big three. You know, they played the whole fourth quarter even though they were down pretty big. Um, not they were down pretty big. They were up pretty big. The, you know, just to get some reps in, I didn't mind that at all. They ran this one play constantly where it was hard in bringing it up, throwing it to the center, um, then setting a screen for Kyrie, and then the center would set a screen and would, they would get a switch like that. That seemed like the the Phoenix Suns play, but just a little bit, just a little bit of a twist on it. Um, the Suns play that they ran with Chris Paul and DeAndre and Booker in Game One, where they just kept getting the switch. It, it looked like that, but like a little bit more spaced out. Um, for the Celtics, there's not really much to say. Like I don't, I'm like I'm so confused by. Marcus Smart because I, I love Marcus Smart and I think like we don't win that like I say we because I am a Celtics fan um, I don't think the Celtics win that without Marcus having a Marcus game where he just turns into Steph Curry randomly like he was making some deep threes and locking up on defense so, you know, you don't win that game without it. But then today, there was, like, three possessions in a row where he just tried to get his own shot going, and he bricked all of them. And it's like, yo, you have Jason Tatum right there. Like, the game's not over yet. Like, it's only, like, an 8, 9, 10-point game. But he, he goes up, and he misses a shot. They come down. They make a shot. He comes back down. He's like, no, I got to get in rhythm. I almost had that last one. He takes another shot, misses. They get the offensive rebound, and then he takes another one. So it's like, yo, you need to calm down a little. Give the ball to Jason. And, you know, when Jalen was there, like, that happened back then too. Like, I'll never forget game six against Miami. He took 22 fucking shots. He took 22 fucking shots. I couldn't believe it. <coughs> so, you know, that's the, that's one thing with Marcus. It's, um, like, you're not going to get cheated out by effort and stuff like that. And he he's, he's a valuable player, but I'm not sure... I don't know if I want to keep watching him. Like, I think I'm I think I'm ready for the Celtics to try something new at that spot and for Marcus to try something new. Try try being somewhere else. Like I'm I, I wouldn't mind that. Like just watching Marcus be a valuable player for someone else. But I don't want to just give him up. You know what I mean? I, like, I do want something valuable back for him. Because he is he is still a valuable player. Um, aside from that, I don't, I'm not really... Maybe Kemba and Robert Williams are healthy to go for Game 5. No. Game 5? Is it Game 5? Yeah, Game 5. Um, maybe they'll they'll be healthy and Kem- Kemba's looked awful. I want every time Kemba gets the ball, I I just let out like a huge, ugh, him again. He's getting the ball again. I I'm so frustrated watching Kemba, and he's got me wishing like the the amnesty was back. Cause I don't know if I can. I don't know how much 
Celtics games I'm going to be watching with Kemba still, you know, pretending that he's still Kemba, but he's really not. So, like, the game the game three that they won, Kemba had six fucking points. Like, they could have won that game even without him. Like, he has not been good. Uh, and he's food on defense. Like, he's not providing really anything. And uh, on offense, like, yeah, he's not scoring. So you would be like, okay, is he getting 10 assists? No, he's not doing that either. Is he getting in the paint and creating for others? No, not really. So, you know, he's not doing really anything out there at all. And I'm not even sure other teams... Like, there's times where a player isn't themselves, but, like, the other team still thinks they are, so they give them some respect. I don't think the Nets give respect to Kemba even a little bit. Like, no respect at all. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. If they're, they're, they're not going to be able to find any trade for Kemba. And um, I just know for the next year, year, two years, I'm just going to be very upset watching Kemba, Kemba Walker play basketball. All right, let's move on to the next series. Um, Wizards, 76ers. Uh, I, wa- I watched a little bit of that game. I watched the ending of that last game, and I was confused on why Joel's not out there. Um, he had a, he had right knee soreness, but I saw a Daryl Morey tweet where he was like, yeah, he's probably fine. He'll be back next game. So, you know, the, the Wizards avoided the sweep. Russ has never been swept in his entire, entire career, which is pretty impressive. Um, and he, he avoids the sweep again. He had a big game. I think he had the most rebounds in the playoffs for a guard ever with 21. He was awful from the field, but like like what Kemba, I said, he doesn't do anything else. Russ does do other things. Like, he'll get the 20 rebounds. He'll get the 19 assists. He'll do stuff like that. Kemba doesn't do anything. Look at me shitting on Kemba again. I didn't mean to shit on Kemba again. I'm sure he's a very nice person. <clears throat> um... The one thing that's interesting is, like, I might have talked about this before, but, like, I'm noticing it with Beal and Devin Booker, where it's like these two guys became really good off the bounce, but then forgot how to shoot threes. Like, Beal's not a good three-point shooter anymore. Devin Booker is not a good three-point shooter anymore. And it's very insane. I don't understand what's going on. So I guess maybe it's uh, they're not good off-the-dribble three-point shooters and they take so many. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe they're actually good just catch-and-shoot guys. Uh, but they're, they're definitely going to have to work on that if they want to become, like, superstars. Because right now, neither of them is a superstar. They're, like, stars. Um, so that's that's one thing I've noticed. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Kareem Abdul-Lopez. The hook shot. It's money every single time. They should... They should go to Lopez 100 times a game. I'm just being honest. He's going to make 60% of them. That's 120 points right there. I don't know why they don't do it already. Um, hack of Ben Simmons is working. They hacked him the rest of the quarter. They're like the last five, six minutes of the fourth quarter, they just hacked him. And he sucks at the line. He's been awful. He started the series off, I think, 0 for 9 or 0 for 13. <coughs> So yeah, he's been awful at the line, and I, 
I'm just never going to pick the 76ers as long as Ben Simmons is on that team. I like I like Ben like as a person. I think he's been pretty funny off the court. Some of the jabs he takes is pretty funny. But I just don't like his game at all. I don't think he makes the game that much easier for other people unless it's in transition. And I just won't trust a guy that can't shoot as a point guard. Like, I, I can't trust that guy. So... And I, I think he goes from, like, a top 25 player in the regular season to, like, a top 50. That's, no, that's too much. Maybe a top, like, 40 player in the playoffs. Like, there's a bunch of players that in the regular season that aren't as valuable as Ben. But in the playoffs, I would much rather have them. Like, he's he's probably a better regular season playoff, a regular season player than Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet. But I would rather have those two guys in the playoffs over Ben Simmons, like, pretty easily. And, um, what else? Tobias Harris has been really good. I've been shocked at that. I think he's been playing really well. As, like, a good second scoring option, I think he's been really well. Defensively, he looks pretty good, too. Um... I don't want to talk much about that. That series is the most boring. I actually had some high hopes for it just because I thought Beal and Russ would have some, like, games where they just went off for, like, 60 points, 30 rebounds. Not 30. I guess 25 rebounds, mostly Russ, and, like, 20 assists. Once again, mostly Russ. Um, and that hasn't really happened until tonight. Even And even tonight, Russ was pretty bad from the field <clears throat> and I don't think Beal's been like very good and I don't think he's just been I just don't think he's been very healthy so not gonna blame him too much for that but they did get one win good for them they got it because Joel got injured but still um I think that's it for now I'll talk about the west tomorrow all right thank you for listening everyone Georgia Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind. Georgia, I said, a Georgia. Georgia, a song of you comes as sweet and clear as moonlight through the pines. Other arms reach out to me. Other eyes smile tenderly Still in the peaceful dreams I see The road leads back to you I said, Georgia Oh, Georgia No peace 
just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind The arms reach out to me Other eyes smile tenderly Still in peaceful dreams I see The road leads back to you Whoa Georgia, no peace, no peace I find, just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind, Georgia, I said just an old sweet song. 